0: The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and wadinaradio.com.
1: Welcome back to the Morning Sports Desk. My name is CJ Baumgartner. Corey Tackman also joining me on this little adventure we call the MSD Podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as wadinaradio.com. And we were off yesterday, but... Corey, you weren't necessarily off because you had girls basketball, Monaga yeah. at Bertha Hewitt. Uh, give us a give us a little recap.
0: Well, uh, Monaga, it was a, a Park Region Conference girls hoops. Monaga beat Bertha Hewitt 70 to 33. And really, we've had the opportunity a, a few times here now this winter to talk about Monaga girls hoops, and they are as advertised as as good as it gets that was win 11 for them in a row and they do they they do everything well right like they shoot really well they defend really well uh they transition really well they rebound hard they have hands in passing lanes um you know what they remind me of it's this very similar um uh very similar look to Uh, these Monaga teams of recent Mm -hmm. to the Staples Motley teams of maybe five, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that. Like I remember going to watch those Staples Motley girls teams and they all shot the ball the same. They all like, they, it was just, they were, you could just tell that they all grew up playing basketball together and there was just this really great learning process that happened for them and like their pregame warmups warm-ups were so impressive and if you didn't know who anyone was you'd never be able to tell because there was there was nothing quirky you know sometimes you can walk into a gym and you hear about a player and you immediately like oh that's the one player who's good so they stand out or you know they're left-handed or you know that they've got a a, a quirk about their jump shot. That is not the case about this Monaga team. They just, they all are so developed in their basketball skills and they all look the same. It's uh, So that's what they remind me of. And, and if, if you remember those Staples Motley teams were, um, I mean, one of the best teams in the state year in and year out, they just always had the misfortune of running into like a sock center who would go on to win a state championship that year. And, you know, Minage in, in the, in about this year of like, you know, the last couple of years we've seen Minage at the state tournament multiple times. and, and in section championship games where one year they lose to a Fergus Falls team who was a definitive state champion that year. And they're in a loaded section eight double a again this year with, with Perham and Pelican Rapids and, and forgive me uh, a couple others. I, um, they're a really nice basketball team. And then on the other side of things, I mean, I know it was, it was a lopsided victory, but um A credit to Coach Quam and Bertha Hewitt, CJ. This is the best Bertha Hewitt girls basketball team I've seen in probably a decade. Like they, he ran out. I don't know. Did ten players in the rotation and like and capable basketball players one through ten. I know that's not a it's not a fair comparison when you're going up a really uh, against a really good team like Monaga was. But like this, there have been teams in the past there at Bertha Hewitt that haven't all been able to do it. And they've got 10 players now who can play varsity basketball. It's kind of fun. It's, it's cool to see the growth in that program and what Coach Kwam is doing.
1: When you talk about the nine seniors on that team and that's important, uh, but it's also, there's some underclassmen there that are getting some playing time, a couple freshmen getting yeah. their minutes and it's kind of piecing that together and they can kind of sit and get their moments and not necessarily have to play a whole game, which, which I'm sure coach Kwam appreciates a lot. But yeah, I mean, as we've been talking about, like all last week, it feels like we've been on a theme here for Minaga. Their girls team is spectacular again. So I'm sure, uh, I haven't looked at the broadcast schedule. I don't know how many more Monaga games we have until we start ramping up in the playoffs, but I'm sure we're going to find time to, uh, to follow them a little bit. Once the girls basketball playoffs get going, cause they're going to be making a deep playoff run. Absolutely. 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 So uh, let's shift a little bit into our, uh, well, actually before Corey, we were just talking about this before we started recording. So we had the day off yesterday, Martin Luther King jr. Day. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh you still had a game on the broadcast schedule. Uh, Corey, Boy, when did, did you, I when did you realize on your day off that oh crap, I gotta work later today? So
0: it was around lunchtime. I just <laughs> had this nagging feeling all day. Like there's something there's something happening today that I'm missing and I can't put my finger on it. So I just like started to you know, you lose something, you retrace your steps. I'd lost something in my head. So I retraced my steps, and I made it back to Friday night where I had a, a, a girls' basketball game in Staples. And uh, as a part of every post-game show, I announce our upcoming broadcast schedule, either for the remainder of the week, depending on where we are, or what's coming up next week. Because a Friday night. Here's what we've got coming up next week. And I remembered yesterday at lunchtime, Friday night saying, and in our upcoming broadcast schedule, Managa had birth you girls basketball Monday night. And that's when I went, oh boy, <laughs> that's tonight. <laughs> so I had to make a mad dash up to the radio station a little sooner than I normally would have to, I don't know, get the radio station ready to air a basketball game and get all my stuff ready. And I didn't, I always email coaches, and the ad of the school that i'm going to just as a reminder that i'm going to be there and i did none of that (laughs) i did i showed up and i tapped each coach on the shoulder i was like hey you want to do an interview and they're like i didn't even yeah but why are you here (laughs) (laughs) but they were great coach calm and coach pool you've known for a long time and they're they're super easy to talk to both of those guys and love talking hoops and And it was great. But yeah, I had a I had a little moment of panic about lunchtime yesterday, trying to figure out how I was going to get ready for this game without going up to work.
1: Well, you know, I was going to say it was like at least it happened during lunchtime. Imagine it was like five o'clock and you realize that we're like, it's still enough time to get everything together. But everything's just in this mad dash panic like you had to drop all your plans at least you weren't like out of town or something and you realized no, that I mean, I i've been that.
0: i've realized that late before but <laughs> this is a that was you know those moments are like you have a long day and it's the dead of winter and it's cold and you're extra tired i've had a few moments of like i want to leave for a game at a certain time so i'm going to take a nap when i get home i know it's going to be a little later night So if I can get a little nap in and knowing that I got to be on the road and then you wake up from the nap and you look at your clock and you're like, I got to leave five minutes ago. (laughs) And all right, let's go find some pants
1: and uh, 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 let's go do a game. (laughs) You roll into the gym, not like super late, but just late enough. Like even the coaches can tell you're just a little like out of sorts, like trying to, I like to be there at the start of
0: the JV game. Right. Because it allows me to set up and not be in anybody's way. So that's, but when that's your time frame, it gives you plenty of buffer. Like I realistically wouldn't need to be there until after halftime of the JV game, but that extra 30 minutes is usually enough of a buffer for me to be there in time. But yeah, there's, there's a few moments when you're not in, as you know, you have your little routine, whatever it is. And if you don't get there, when your routine is supposed to start, you just feel like you're chasing your tail the whole time. It's not a fun feeling.
1: Yeah, and you know, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't even been in that boat, but I've been in a couple of times where all of a sudden you realize you are just far behind, and it, like, you know, the broadcast ends up being fine, but in inside you're just like questioning a lot of stuff. So, anyway, uh, let's take a look into some state sports because the Minnesota. Corey, we talked about it. Can you go like 500 throughout that stretch? And I have the number in front of me. I don't have the number in front of me, but they, I think, passed the test. Yeah, they dropped a couple here and there, but throughout a stretch where they're playing only teams above 500, teams in the Western Conference, good teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Wolves still have a one-game lead in the Western.
0: CJ, I heard almost none of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I well uh, of that.
0: here's what I, I i heard enough to go um basically here's what i can tell you how i feel about the wolves they're doing everything i, I want them to do and that i that i feel like they need to do this is a, a selfish um perspective but like i need them to just make it through that stretch I need them to just continue to play good defense, find their scoring on nights. I would like them to, to shore up some of that offensive end. Like, they're still, you know, they had a nice win the other night. I think they still only scored 112 points. That's not that's not like a lot of points in the NBA. But they're doing all of the other things that are important. And if you defend really, really well, you it doesn't mean – that means your offense doesn't have to bail you out.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think really that this team could use an extra shooter. And we've talked about that, but that's something where it's like at the trade deadline, you go, okay, well, we just need an extra like shooter. Like that's, it's not like last year where we talked about like, things are fundamentally not working with this team. Things are fundamentally working. Now it's kind of that trimming around the edges. What's the, you know, the Wolves didn't have the cake last year and they had a lot of icing. And now this year it's a lot of cake and you can go get icing pretty easily and put that yep. together. And that's where they're at. They're in a good spot. The Wolves are playing the Pistons on Wednesday. That should be a win. I think they have a win against the Grizzlies who John Moran out for the season with the shoulder injury. So yeah. Memphis is cooked this year. Could uh, happen to a better guy. <laughs> could could have happened to a better franchise. The Wolves Grizzlies rivalry was a fun one. Actually, like I legitimately was going to be a fun rivalry. It kind of sucks in that aspect, but as a rivalry, you want to stick it to them a little bit. So good for them. Couldn't have happened to a better team. Uh, so, and then they play the Oklahoma city thunder on Saturday at the target center, which should be a good, good, good game. And really should be a, a fun one to see. Both those two teams are top two in the Western conference. Yep. And again, the Wolves have the third easiest schedule, for the rest of the season everybody and the wolves will have a little bit more back-to-backs and and this and that people are going to talk about the wolves having an easy schedule i've heard some people say well they get the benefit of not having a lot of back-to-backs the wolves are going to make that up later on in the season but either way this is a team that has been able to play their starters almost every game this has been a team that's competed every single night it's a it's there i get that there's flaws it's not a perfect team as you mentioned Corey, but Wolves are a good team, and they are a a Western Conference contender. Well, and it's an interesting perspective to
0: say that they have the easiest, like the third easiest schedule, whatever you said it was, the rest of the year. While that may be true, what it also means is they made it through the most difficult part of their schedule as the first-place team in the Western Conference. Right. That's a huge deal. So, yeah, you can knock them that it's going to be easy for them down the stretch or easier for them down the stretch. One of the reasons it's going to be easy for them – is because they made the difficult part of their schedule easy because they're good at basketball. (laughs) What a weird nitpicky thing to say, like, eh, it's going to be easy for them. If anybody's saying that, did they, like, just just finish the thought? It's going to be easy for them because they already had their most difficult. And how did they handle their most difficult part of the schedule? By being the best team in the Western Conference and at times the best team in the entire league okay I'll take yeah, that
1: trade-off exactly and there's nitpicks there's things to critique there's all this and that but they're a, like you said they're a good basketball team but they play basketball really well it's one to see so anyways um, uh, the weirdest team ever still I fully expect Detroit to Detroit will be just shenanigans I think I'm not saying they're gonna lose Detroit will just be shenanigans on uh on Wednesday although they already they're on a one-game winning streak because they beat the Washington Wizards the the highly vaunted team so Congrats. uh free Tyus Jones. Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about first the wild, because uh, just a quick note, Marc-Andre Fleury becomes the second all-time leader in goalie wins in a five nothing shutout. The wild are weird. They've been banged up. They just haven't played well. Uh, they've like, they're kind of an enigma right now. And the wolves have been so good. It's kind of taken away the criticism because if the Wolves were mad, like they were a year ago, we start to look at the wild a little bit more seriously. Uh, But it's a feather in the cap. And I know Marc-Andre Fleury is obviously not the same goalie he was, but it's kind of like, you know, when uh, I'm trying to think of like a twins reference soda is kind of like watching a guy, you still see the things that made him really good. And it's kind of cool just to get to see that in your team's uniform.
0: Um, Paul Molitor got his 3000th hit as a twin and he hit a triple. I think it was in yeah. Baltimore. Um, Paul Molitor was 40 years old or whatever he was when that happened. He was not the same guy as he was earlier in his career with, with the blue Jays and with the brewers, but he still, he was the middle of the order hitter, even at that age. And, 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 it's really cool to see a guy reach those milestones. Jim Tome hit 599 and 600 for the Twins. Um, I believe that was in Detroit. Uh, after pumping out, you know, 400 home runs to right field for his career, he went oppo for 599 and 600. Um, um, you become beloved when you get some of those milestones. And, and yeah, Mark andre Fleury, he's not, he's not the guy he used to be. He, he did it he did it for the for the wild that's and to be clear that's been his goal like let's that's why he's still playing he wants to he wants to amass some of these numbers and and the wild need him to get a few more <laughs> to be frank let's go here the rest of the year and turn that up a notch yeah exactly
1: uh let's now recap some playoff games because uh right away right away, uh, all the knowledge that I put out there was thrown out the window. Um, so the Browns beat the Texans, or the Texans beat the Browns pretty thoroughly. Yep. Uh, and so that's already 0-for-1. Turns out uh, all those Vikings fans that were clamoring for Joe Flacco like three weeks ago, uh, I don't know, turns out backup quarterbacks are backup quarterbacks, and they all kind of, uh, once they fall off, it it's not pretty. Um, anything that you this saw in a that? really game?
0: fun... It was a really great first half. Um, And a lot of the football this weekend was that. There was a lot of really fun first half football that turned into lopsided second halves of football. That Houston Cleveland game was exactly, it was really fun. There was was a lot of scoring this weekend. And um, CJ Stroud was good. And then Joe Flacco did the thing that everyone knew existed in his arsenal and it just wasn't happening and you know I didn't want to see you don't like to see it happen but it happened it came back and and the Joe Flacco bug bit
1: yeah exactly I mean there you just knew it was a matter of time until it was going to fall apart Cleveland's defense is good but when you have a quarterback play well you're kind of uh you're out of luck especially in the playoffs so there you go a game number two of the weekend because the Buffalo game was supposed to be on Sunday. got pushed back, whatever. There was the uh, Sunday, there's the Peacock exclusive game. Uh, first of all, Corey, did you yep. watch the Peacock exclusive game? And uh, was it, uh, was it everything you hoped for and more if you did? I did not
0: <laughs> screw you. Screw you, NFL. That's the only game I wanted to watch. <laughs> no, I didn't, and I did not, and I did not get. I didn't. I didn't order the. I didn't buy the app. I didn't. None of it. None of it. I did not watch it. And they could put the Super Bowl on that stupid thing. And best case scenarios, I would go to somebody else's house. I'm not getting it. It broke streaming right. numbers by so, way, like crazy.
1: It was a record-breaking game as far as streaming goes. Well, Right. Which of course it was expected to be and, and and all that good stuff. But Kansas city did the predictable. They beat Miami. Miami turns out froze in the chilling cold. Uh, literal freeze. Yep. Yeah. Literal freeze. So there you go. They won that one. The Saturday, the uh, only games on Sunday were the Packers and the Cowboys. And I said, I said, I think the Cowboys can win, but my goodness, Packers fans, you know more than anybody, Mike McCarthy's teams lay an egg in postseason games and, Good Lord, I'm surprised the Cowboys haven't fired Mike McCarthy yet. That's the proverbial pee running down the leg kind of game.
0: I was r- really impressed with Green Bay. It was really- dang it. there were some things that happened throughout the game. I was talking to our resident Packer fan Jared earlier, and there were some things about Dallas that, as a Vikings fan, it seemed really familiar. There was a there was a pass to C.D. Lamb top side of the field. It was a little high um he didn't catch it and lamb's reaction to that play was like uh i, I just remember vikings wide receivers having the same sort. like they were just on edge and you could see it like they were like they were early and they were mad at each other already and and there's just a lot of pressure they felt it, it looked like i've seen that a lot from vikings teams in the past it was very noticeable with that dallas team Um, They were doomed from the jump. Green Bay played
1: well. Green Bay played really well. That entire game I just spent at my parents' house yelling at the TV going, they did it again. They did it again. The Packers found another quarterback, and my only hope, is that this is just a blip on the radar. They sign him to a gigantic contract and he falls off. But you know what? I'm not a doomerism when it comes to Minnesota sports, but God dang it, if Green Bay found another quarterback for the next 17 years, I quit. I'm done. God is my witness. They have a quarterback.
0: They have a nice young receiving core. They have the best defense in the division. They have a good offensive offensive line. They have a good head coach.
1: Ooh. My only hope is that Jordan Love signs a gigantic contract and the team can't recover. That's, that's all I got. The Daniel Jones syndrome. That's what we're praying. That's how we're praying on the Packers downfall this time. Yes. Uh, Did you see, there was a quote from LaFleur. He's like, yeah, I just love coming to work. These guys are great. There's just a different energy in the building this year. And someone's like, Hmm, wonder what changed a year ago. And now pun intended. I love everything about it. And I hate Aaron Rodgers. So, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah, great job. Mike McCarthy still has not been fired yet, but my goodness, if there is just any clear Dallas Cowboys fire McCarthy and hire Belichick, like that'd just be, that would be an interesting one. Uh, yeah. any, anyway, uh, so moving on to the Detroit Los Angeles game, which I think we all kind of expected to be the good one. Um, believe it or not, Carl Joseph, the, uh, Carl Joseph. No, uh, I'm getting the name wrong. There's, uh, the free safety for Detroit. Hit Tyler Higby in the knee, same guy who hit TJ Hawkinson in the knee, blew him out. I'm not even blaming him, but also come on, man, like going helmet first into a knee a couple times in a row. Anyway, that's just my bitter Vikings fan reaction. Detroit (laughs) (laughs) Detroit from Detroit for that first half offensively could not be stopped. And the end of the day, as much as we malign the Detroit defense. They bent and didn't break. They didn't give up because they didn't give up touchdowns in the red zone. They held LA to just enough field goals to where in the end, they couldn't get there. So Detroit wins their first playoff game since what the H uh, the George HW Bush administration.
0: Yeah, whatever it is, it's been a really long time. No, uh, Detroit did what they've done all season. They were good on offense. They were good enough on defense. And they won a lot of games that way. They won another one. There's as about as straightforward of a of a victory in a game, I suppose. The only thing was was the Stafford storyline. You know that they that they got to beat Stafford, but other not much really to say other than like, as a Vikings fan, I watched two division teams win playoff games, so that's
1: cool. A classic Detroit game is a classic Detroit game for Matt Stafford going into Ford field, constantly looking up at the ceiling. Cause he's just getting battered. He gets hurt partway through the game has, I mean, he's like, someone said he's seeing in nine dimensions right now. And his defense is like, they played all right, but not in that first half, like they, anyway, it's just a classic, like everything Matt Stafford was in Detroit. He was for the Rams in that game of yeah. like, you can't blame him for that loss at all, but God dang it. They just came up just short again. Uh So anyway I wouldn't have it any other way I guess for Detroit fans and because of Tampa Bay winning against the very bad Eagles team which was the game last night uh they get a pretty easy path to the, to potentially host the NFC championship game depending on how that green a Green Bay Detroit NFC championship game I I I don't know I I would explode I think if that happened
0: yep <laughs> no, I have nothing insightful. That would suck.
1: That would suck. I uh, guess so we go, about
0: Detroit. The- go Jared Goff, prove the haters wrong. Go Detroit. I don't, whatever. Who cares? I'm an. A- I'll be an AFC fan. The rest of the way.
1: Eagles downfall is a pretty good, a pretty fun storyline. Uh, how are we feeling about the Eagles, Corey? Um, again, talking to our resident Packer fan, he asked the question who had the
0: most disappointing season um, Philadelphia, Dallas, Miami, or someone else, Jacksonville. Sure. And to me, the answer to that question was Philadelphia. Um, I think other teams are sadder this week, Other and other teams' fans are sadder this week than Philadelphia's fans and team. But I don't think anybody's madder than Philadelphia. I think they were in a Super Bowl a season ago they lost because their star quarterback fumbled essentially and um they had absolute expectations of being back in an NFC championship game and playing in a Super Bowl and boy oh boy were they bad at football
1: the last 2 months of the season they were 10 and 1 10 yeah. and 1 uh yeah. not good for them if you listen to the broadcast last night Troy Aikman was just ripping them in that first half like every like saying that there was no way they should have took away play calling from their first year defensive coordinator to give it to Matt Patricia, Peyton Manning. The fun part of watching the Manning cast is watching Peyton Manning react to bad football because he just hates it. And he was doing a lot of cringing last night watching that Eagles offense. So anyway, um, last game was that Bill Steelers game. Bills won. Steelers, believe it or not, meh. They haven't won a playoff game in like – they haven't won a playoff game since like 2014. It's a, it's yeah. a very long time for them. They've gotten outscored. 0 to 66 in those games in the first quarter. Uh, so yeah, Steelers get into the playoffs. Tomlin's record stays alive and their uh, first round exit. But anyway, that's the, that's our recap. Uh, I didn't go through a list to see how we did because I don't think we, we did particularly well, but <laughs> I think going about 500 is what we did. And you know what? I'll take that. Absolutely. All right, Corey, this has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, the 16th of January.
0: The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and WadenaRadio.com.